0: Super bad.
1: I'd like to propose a toast.
0: Welcome to Wines
1: and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily, wine, and
0: talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a devil on time Oh, alas. Our patrons got to hear us cursing at Siri. If you also would like to hear us cursing at Siri... Join yeah. our patron.
1: <laughs> That's pretty much what just ha- that was exactly what just that happened.
0: Was, that was it. We just we just had a whole last conversation with Siri before the recording started, but it was recorded on our Zoomies. I was like, you also, if you're on uh, if
1: you're on Patreon, you're gonna see the um, color of my face keep changing back and forth as I go from my monitor to my uh, laptop because my like the the uh, what's the word. This, the lights on both ones are different. Anyways, doesn't matter. I
0: got you. The warm to the I'm cool. I'm looking up a
1: word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways. Um, but you know what? I don't want to be Emily... Regardless of what. American Idiot. That's right. You're covering (laughs) America. So, yeah, you're covering American Idiot today. The synopsis. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, by the way, everybody, at a podcast where we wine and talk about musicals. And today we're talking about American Idiot, the synopsis. If you want to know more about the background. (laughs) If you want to know more about the background of this show, go to last week's episode, and you'll learn a little or just more. just
1: Green Day in general.
0: Yeah, or, or just go look up Green Day. Um, yeah, so anyway. Um,
1: hey, I'm going to play Two Truths and a Lie.
0: Oh, I like this game. Chelsea. I'm ready.
1: You ready? You have to figure out which one's the lie. Okay. Okay, ready?
0: I'm ready. I have
1: brown hair. I am wearing fake glasses. And American Idiot is my most favorite musical in the world.
0: Oh, I know, I know. It's Which the one? last. The last one is the lie. <laughs> How did you know? Oh gee. <laughs> oh gee, oh gee. I don't know. Could be because I wore those glasses last week for the Broadway, and I know they're fakeish. And oh, uh, they're blue light. Did you wear blue. these ones? Are these no, ones I didn't, but you showed them to me, I think. Um, you, are the,
1: you are the red ones.
0: I know that you... Oh, yeah, you're right. I know that you <sighs> have a bazillion pairs of glasses that are fake, and you have brown I hair.
1: have half of them are fake, and the other half are real.
0: And also, you've told Actually. me several times that American Idiot is not your favorite show in the whole wide world um but why emily <laughs> i cannot wait to find out why it's not your favorite why? show in the whole show because some people love this show i'm sure there's got to be one or two people out there that love this show right you know what i love what
1: the concept of the show thus the concept album
0: there you That's go what i love i love green day i'm a fan but Which I, I don't like all the songs it's the concept album yeah i don't like all the songs that were chosen though <laughs> Anyway, anyway, hey. hey Emily. Hey Chelsea. What are you drinking?
1: A Coke Zero. Lame. And just that. I sent Chelsea a picture of my counter, <laughs> and it had like um, it had a bottle of whiskey. Uh, it had a can of Coke Zero, and then there was this little, like little planter. And then I was like, "Guess which one I'm drinking." Pretty much, I just said to her and I was like, "I'm I'm making ice," and in my brain, I'm like, "This could be one of three things."
0: Why not <laughs> put <laughs> the whiskey? The why not put the whiskey in the Coke Zero?
1: Because I'm not drinking right now.
0: Oh, damn it! There's so many people that are sober, and I'm over here like, "But I'm an alcoholic. Join me." Yeah, Wait, it's okay. You do you. You do you. Because then you'll feel less bad in the morning, or you know, immediately right after.
1: Uh, I uh, had movers come over today, so I gave them each a shot when they got all my liquor over here without breaking it. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking?
0: I very quickly ran to BJ's with uh, James and Greg and Kelly, threw some avocado egg rolls in my face and downed the snowman drink that they have right now. Oh God! It had a marshmallow on top that had a snowman, and it's also in a glass that's shaped like a snowman, like this. So, like, it's got a bloop and then another bloop, and it's like Kahlua and Bailey's and shit like that. It was wonderful. I drank it very so quickly.
1: A white Russian,
0: basically. Okay. Yeah, it was very good. There was whipped cream and a marshmallow on top. I had that, and now I am drinking this bougie ass glass of, um, oh shit, what is it? It's champagne and um, I'm missing it. What is it? Not amaretto. Something it's like that.
1: It's a chambord. No?
0: no. Something like that, though. It's like a liqueur in my champagne. No. If, I, if I had some cranberry juice, I would add it and it would be a poinsettia, my mom's favorite drink at the holidays. Mm. So that's Ew, that's what I'm she, drinking. Oh, Huh.
1: I do know what that is, but I cannot think of it now that you couldn't think of it.
0: I know I put uh, a lot of it in though. It's some some fancy ass liqueur that's very expensive. Anyway, um,
1: honestly, I yeah. think you just got a a blowjob shot in a in a snowman.
0: I think actually. I did. I okay. I'm down yeah. with that. That's cool. Give me some blowjob shots. I guess I'll put it in my mouth. <laughs> hey, Emily.
1: Okay. Hey, Chelsea.
0: What are you whining about? Uh, She's like, which one? I got to pick. Um,
1: I had movers move me out of my condo today. How about that?
0: Yay. That's a sparkling. It's a stressful sparkling.
1: It only took a month, but it's, and it's, and what sucks is it's still not fully moved out.
0: What else do you have?
1: Just like random bullshit, like the rest of my clothes or I think there's like I think there's like three or four bundles of hanging clothes left and like some random ass stuff that was in the ottoman mm-hmm. and a couple of things that were sitting on my couch and like all my lamps and then some of my, uh, like protein powder. Ooh. Um, so it's all kind of silly stuff that should be easy to bring over. Okay. Um, like they brought over my liquor, which I was compl- I was, uh, nervous of bringing over, so... Uh, I literally said to them, because I go, "Can you all bring boxes that don't have lids?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Hmm. Okay. Well, I said I had 20 boxes, but now I'm gonna have 26, and six of them don't have lids, and two of them are my liquor. And if you can get it over there without a bottle breaking, I will give you a shot." <laughs> and they said, "Okay." And they got it over here without a <laughs> bottle
0: breaking. Good for <laughs> they them. Broke Who did? Who would you use? Give them a give them a shout out. They broke I don't a wanna,
1: box. They broke a box, and I don't want to put that I gave my movers a shot as well as where I like where the movers came from in the same sentence because I don't want them to get any like reprimanding from the company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll listening. talk about it later. Okay. Well, I here, loved, I loved my movies. With, my movers. It movies. rhymes with college uh,
0: punks. Mm. Oh my god, they're so expensive! You really used them.
1: No, they were the cheapest. Oh my God! No,
0: it oh was, Emily, you should have come to me. I have the cheapest. Because I how much are yours? I uh, under four hundred, way under. They
1: they were like to get the stuff out and when I needed and what I needed.
0: Oh, it was yeah, like they weren't. They weren't driving super far. They had to drive super far. I ended up paying four hundred for.
1: Don't tell me that, Chelsea, because then I'm just gonna have another thing to worry about. Girl,
0: you <laughs> asked me. Oh, I just said, eh. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. <laughs> As she flips me off and drinks her diet. No, I don't know which monitor it?
1: I'm on right now.
0: I, this one. This this one. That one. There you go. I have go. a
1: camera here, too. Mm. Hi. What are you whining about?
0: Okay, I have a, po- I have a sparkling wine. Because if I have any, if I actually whine about all the shit that's happening, I will just start crying. So anyway, I'm going to give myself a sparkling wine. Okay.
1: Um, Sorry, it sounded so angry. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, I got. A, the, uh, I saw a friend of mine from way back in the day post online the other day. She was like, "Do I know any ordained ministers in Houston?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And so I went on there. I like I posted. I was like, "Yo," and then her her fiance at the time messaged back and said, "Word," and I was like i know you i know the fiance and i looked at it i was like huh i know these two people from two separate walks of life for me one i worked with he's a drummer or was a drummer is a drummer up in the woodlands for this like toddler thing i did uh years ago (laughs) pre chatting Pre-pandemic years ago, I worked with this guy for this like toddler show that I used to do up in the woodlands. And then the other person I worked with at a music studio in the energy corridor years ago, and they somehow got together and they want to get married real fast. oh that's so cute. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, we want to get married and we don't want to do anything ceremonious because fuck the patriarchy and shit. And we don't like tradition. I was like, cool. I am an ordained minister. I will come over and meet you at your house or whatever, and uh, sign some paperwork and say some words. And they're like, "Okay." So we met at a slowpokes the other day, and it was after after I got out of a gig. So Miss Rachel married two people at a slowpokes coffee shop. I saw that you you address as Miss Rachel, and I was like, "Hmm, what is what is this?" I was coming off of a gig, and they were like, "Can you just do? You want to just meet us at some point on this day?" And I was like yeah, I can do that. I'm coming off a gig at this point, like at this part of town. And they're like, oh, we actually live over there. And I was like, great. Let's meet. And I'm dressed as Miss R. I told her, I was like, I'm dressed as Miss Rachel. Is that okay? She's like, who the fuck is Miss Rachel? And I'm like, it's a toddler. You just don't worry about (laughs) it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm going to look like (laughs) when I walk in the space, if there's any toddlers, you will know who Miss Rachel is. So yeah, full on pink shirt. I had a clip in hair thing. I had my pink headband and overalls and pink shoes on and i'm i signed their paperwork and i said the words and they're married now
1: what are you ordained in universe like what is the what is oh,
0: the thing what is it i don't remember pull
1: up your certification oh i have it hold on a sec no i was joking is it like universal like yeah something? universal life
0: church i believe
1: that's what it is let me double because check. i have a bunch of friends who are ordained in
0: dudism that's fun
1: I guess is a real Um, thing. It's
0: my credentials of ministry are with, yeah, Universal Life Church. Ah. Yeah. So I am... The
1: power vested me in the Universal Life Church mm -hmm. in the state of Texas.
0: No, in anywhere I want to... I can ordain... I I can marry people anywhere I want to marry them. I just have to get it approved by the clerks in each of the counties, which... I got ordained for my sister's wedding, and then I ended up not doing her wedding because it was illegal for family members to marry family members in Virginia.
1: That makes sense.
0: hmm
1: It's kind of like notarizing things. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But in Texas, yeah. it's super easy. In Texas, you don't even need a fucking witness.
1: Oh. So yeah. what you're saying is not even Miss Rachel saw them get married.
0: I mean, a witness outside <laughs> yeah. of the minister. Um, yeah, so no. I was like, by the power vested in me, by all of these random ass witnesses at the coffee shop, <laughs> I now That's pronounce so you partners for life.
1: <laughs> it was I'm cute. sure slowpokes love that.
0: I don't think anybody was That's listening. Cute.
1: They should have put that on their social media. That's so dumb. They shouldn't know about it.
0: I don't think anybody. Which one did you
1: go to? Uh,
0: the one at Levy Park.
1: So Levy Park slowpokes, you missed a really great photo op.
0: They didn't want it. Like the people getting married didn't want it. They did not want it. Okay. They didn't want it. So, well, but that's a
1: good story they get
0: to tell. It is. Congratulations, Zelda and Aaron. Congrats, yeah. y'all. So, anyway, um, yeah, I you am the Nord they Are not star. Chelsea? Are they not American idiots? Sorry, I was like, we should probably get on with the what show. What <laughs> a great transition! Thanks.
1: I did, because they didn't, uh, they didn't, they fucked the patriarchy, so they weren't American idiots.
0: They did. Fuck the patriarchy. They said, they literally said, fuck the patriarchy, we're changing our last names to something completely different. Fuck y'all, we're getting married right now.
1: I know a lot of people have done that. Yeah. My favorite is still uh, my friend who, my friend with the last name Brown married into the family crops. So, Ooh. It makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, my. I don't know. I don't think either of them changed their names yet, but they were thinking about, like, Crown or something. But yeah. Brown craps. Um, I, it's always a good, good story. Uh, anyways, children. Hey, Chelsea. <laughs> I can't, you, hey Emily. You would love also, you would love Anna. Like you, you and Anna would vibe so hard. so Aww,
0: I don't yeah. have time for friends. What are you talking about?
1: Well, I don't think Anna has time for friends either. I haven't heard from her in a while.
0: Oh, oh, um, hold on, side note before we jump into this. Um, happy birthday to our artist and designer of all the beautiful things that we have on our Instagram. Christy, her birthday is on the 18th. Happy birthday, Christy. Happy, Happy birthday to, to you. you. And another Scorpio baby, my husband. My husband is, uh, is turning a year oh. older on the 21st. Happy birthday, hubbend. Oh, now you're younger?
1: What a loser.
0: N- not, he's <laughs> not younger. <going> younger. <laughs> he's younger than me. so.
1: He's not turning a year young. It was stupid. It was a stupid joke. Happy oh, birthday, no. James. No, he's, t- the, he's the, staying the
0: same age. Ah. He is staying the same age, yeah. Because if he stays the same
1: age, then you stay the same age.
0: Yeah, no, I, I've not turned another year older since I was 32. What are you talking about?
1: Mm, yeah, that's what I figured.
0: I am 32. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just perpetually 25. I've been 25 since I was 15.
0: Why would you want to be 25? 30 is the best. I don't know. Best. I'm to
1: say I've been 25 forever.
0: The 30s are the best. I love my 30s.
1: They are going, hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh you want to talk about American Idiot? I Any do. Class? I'm and ready. I didn't go over last week. I'm ready. Okay, let's let's do it. Uh, okay, so American we'll Idiot. Do it. Let's do it. Um, American Idiot. It was on. It opened in Berkeley, and then oh my god, I can't get my mouse over here.
0: Come on. We like Berkeley College coming? in Boston or in California.
1: Berkeley in California. Berkeley, California.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Not
1: necessarily the college. It is a city. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Yeah, it premiered at Berkeley Repertory Theater in 2009. Um, and then it went to Broadway in 2010 at St. James, where Frozen was. So let's talk about those casts. So the original Berkeley cast for the role of Johnny. Johnny is the main protagonist of the story, which is kind of bitchy to say, because really the three main guys kind of like equally share I feel like but Johnny's story is the most like thought out okay so he's the main protagonist of the story um and he's on a I'm gonna read Wikipedia you ready okay picaresque journey he experiences nihilism (laughs) nihilism nihilism drug abuse and
0: what is that nihilism um nihilism 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 is like uh how do you explain it it's like uh everything sucks the the world sucks
1: I had it pulled up on Wikipedia, how to pronounce it, and then I forgot to look. Uh, um, this is what Wikipedia it's, says. It's is a family of views within philosophy that rejects generally accepted and fundamental aspects of human existence, such as knowledge, morality, and meaning. So it's like, ugh, what's even the point? Yeah. yeah. He's kind of a dick. It's not even that he's a dick. He's just kind of a loser. Um, but Johnny is played by John Gallagher Jr. in both the Berkeley cast and the original Broadway cast. And then when it eventually went to the West end, it was played by Aaron Sidwell. Johnny is who we're going to be talking about the most. Then there's Tunny, T-U-N-N-Y. And Tunny is Johnny's friend. And he, this is, I'm just going to say this and then we'll explain it later. He accompanies Johnny to the city, but soon joins the military and is sent to war. Tunney suffers injuries. During his rehabilitation, he falls in love with his nurse, and he returns home with, and she returns home with him. Not to give any uh, plot there. Uh, in Berkeley, it was played by Matt Kaplan, and this is the one where, like, this is, like, the only cast member that didn't go from Berkeley to Broadway. Oh. Uh, it was taken over by Stark Sands, and Stark Sands was in Kinky Boots. And then on uh, the West End, it was... Um Alexis Gerard. Jared. Hmm. I don't know. They didn't have a, a link. I didn't click on them. Then there's Will, who's like the third of the trio of friends. And in Berkeley and uh in Broadway it was Michael Esper. And he, uh, his little rundown is he plans to leave town with Johnny and Tunny until his girlfriend Heather reveals that she's pregnant with his child. And so Will ends up staying home and falls into a uh, alcohol and drug-infused depression. Aww. So Michael Esper, and then on the Westin is Steve Rushton. Then we have St. Jimmy. So St. Jimmy is the drug dealer. This is the role that, um, oh, my God, what the fuck is his name? Why did I lose it? The lead singer of Billy Joe Armstrong. I kept trying to call him Olstein for some reason. Billy Olstein. Billy Joel Olstein was what my brain was doing. Okay, for everybody um, who doesn't live, you know the for, one.
0: For everybody who doesn't live in Houston, Joel Olstein is like the mega church pastor that took over the Toyota Center. Right? Yeah. Is it Toyota Center? Or no? Is it the Toyota? I don't know. It's it's uh, one off of the big, fifty-nine. Yeah, off of fifty-nine. Like, right, it was used to be the big basketball stadium. He took that over, and that's his mega church. So that's Joel's team. Lake Lakewood Church. Yeah. Not this is not an ad for Lakewood. It is no. The strangest <laughs> experience I've ever had was going to Lakewood. Anyway, moving on. I
1: haven't been, but I know a oh, lot we of people should, should go there. We for... should go.
0: It's fun. It's a no, concert. It sounds like it's. It's a concert. I don't love that. It's basically a concert with like some people that chant a little bit at the end and talk about their Bibles. Be totally so honest. So last time
1: I went to a mega church I would I I like I'm never going again.
0: It's crazy. It's insane. Uh,
1: it's,
0: it's a, a lot. cult. It's Anyways, culty. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> it's cult. I mean, as just book. as
1: like as just as culty as Taylor Swift's Eras tour. But I mean, same thing.
0: yes. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, J- Saint Jimmy. Uh, so Billy Joe Armstrong played him for several weeks, which honestly, I'm like, I for, I thought I I, I wouldn't, this is not my favorite casting for Billy. Um, but it was played by Tony Vincent. And so I obviously saw the St. Jimmy, um, I think I saw the St. Jimmy understudy and if it wasn't the guy with the horseshoe, if it actually, if that wasn't actually St. Jimmy, then that was actually Tony and I lost my mind. Cool. Which is possible. That's possible. Um, so, Tony Vincent, uh, so the adventurous drug dealer who was eventually revealed to be a drug-addled manifestation of Johnny's identification. It literally says ID. I don't know what that means. It's spelled weird. Oh, okay. I Oh, his id. Oh, his I'm id. An idiot. His id. Wait, you're an id? His id, his ego, and his super ego. So, his that Id. makes sense. His id. His id. Uh, uh, uh.
0: She's walking away. I fucking hate this
1: show. I walking. hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. I'm too dumb for this show, clearly. I don't think that's um, the case. I really don't. St. Jimmy, an adventurous drug dealer who is eventually revealed to be a drug-addled manifestation of Johnny's id. <laughs> um, and On the West End is by Lucas Rush. And then, what's her name? I don't that's know. That's my name. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Well what's-her-name was uh, was Rebecca Naomi Jones. Uh, we actually have heard of Rebecca Naomi Jones from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and then she was also the first woman of color to play Laurie in Oklahoma on Broadway. Oh. And she also just uh, did Passing Strange.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. She's quite good. I Actually, I think I enjoyed her the most in my uh, not-what-I-watched. You yeah, know. Um... Boop. Come on, computer. Go back. It's being stupid. Okay. Um, and then on the West End, it was Amelia Lilly. But uh, this is, she's described, what's her name is described as an attractive young woman who accompanies Johnny on his journey. She eventually realizes that the relationship is destructive and leaves him. And it is interesting because she is, a like, she is the main love interest in the show. And she doesn't have a name. Hmm. Huh. And then there is Heather who does have a name. Heather's kind of a boss ass bitch, though. That's played by Mary Fable or Faber. Mary Faber, she was in, um, she actually is from Greenville, South Carolina. I went to school, so I think she knows quite a few of my friends. And she was in Avenue Q. That's where she made her Broadway debut. Oh. Broadway debut in Avenue Q. Wee. Wee. Um. Other than that, it looks like she's been, she has quite the resume, but um, nothing that I can be like, oh, yeah, you know her from this. Because she was the understudy for uh, several characters in Hairspray Live, of all things. So oh. she was understudy for Velma, Prudy, and health health ed teacher for Hairspray Live. I guess, yeah, if somebody gets injured while they're doing one of those live recordings, somebody does have to step in, right? Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boop, boop. Oh, she was also in Smash. No, wait, no. I lied. She was in Hulk and the Agents of Smash. She plays the, the voice of Medusa. Oh, and then she was in Parks and Rec. She's Catherine Pinewood. She was in six episodes. Okay. She's cute. She kind of, like, she's kind of that um, Amy Spanger kind of vibe. Got it. Like, I could okay. see I you don't doing care. several of her roles. I'm, I don't I
0: don't, okay. I don't care Cassidy. about her. I don't so, care well, about I'm Heather. bored. I'm bored of her.
1: Okay, well, Heather, the character, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mary Faber, and then Natasha Barnes took it over in the West End. Uh, she is Will's pregnant girlfriend, and she leaves Will and begins a relationship with a rock and roll boyfriend and eventually leading a life of glamour in a stark contrast with Will's depression. Which brings us to the last role um, I want to mention, besides all the ensemble, is the extraordinary girl, played by Christina Sahas. And then on uh, West End, it's Raquel Jones. And this is Tunny's rehab nurse in The Two Fall In Love. The end. Great. Tunney's story is like the most intense and the most I feel like, n- I don't want to say normal, but like there's a little, little bit more of like a streamline with him. Like his, his drug situation is a little different than everyone else's drug situation. So let's get into the story. The show. the show opens on a news segment and the cast is watching it on all the TV screens that are on the stage. It's very reminiscent of the last scene of Rent when they're watching Mark's film. Aww. So let me set the stage for you because the stage really is like, it's really just Rent with a, with a car upside down.
0: Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. The set.
1: It's like the stage, like from floor to ceiling, is kind of what looks like newspaper headlines and graffiti. It's very black and white. And I don't know how many TV sets they have within, like embedded in the back, but there's quite a few. There's at least 10.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And then they have a literal car hanging upside down. Never do they reference the car. I think it was there to balance some other characters that come later. To like so when you look up, your, there's something interesting up there, and mm. then there's a bunch of scaffolding, and by a bunch of scaffolding, there's like two platforms, and then we'll see a so couch, it really is rent, a, yes, and then we'll see cool. a couch, a bed, and a gurney make their way onto the stage at different parts, um and and oh in a shopping cart, um but the the stage is like littered with papers, okay uh, that come about in this first song so. As I said, the cast is all watching these new segments and um <laughs> and then so so there the show begins. The set this show is set in the early 2000 2000s, 2000s and the musical opens with a group of suburban youths living unhappily in Jingle Town, USA. Not the youth. It sounds the youth. I love that out so Wikipedia was our friend for this. I love throughout Wikipedia, it says the jaded youths. Ha. That's how they're referred, the jaded youths. I'm like, <laughs> get it. Um, so they're in Jingletown, USA. Not Tinseltown, but Jingletown. That's so lame. And they are fed up with the State of the Union, so the company explodes into frustration in the song American Idiot.
0: I'm
1: so sick of us singing that too, and I'm sure everyone else is too. <laughs> so, one of the youths is Johnny, and Johnny spends a lot of the show kind of narrating. So, there's lines are cut, there's not a lot of like exchange lines between songs, mm-hmm. but Johnny kind of sits and will be like, Hey, man, it's very rent like. So, Johnny begins the story, so he's pretty much. Uh, writing a letter or writing a journal, he goes, I jerked off into oblivion, forgot to shower, but Ew. it doesn't matter. I'm just going to hang out with Will, who's friend. And so the two of them soon go to commiserate, and then their third friend, Tony joins them, and they're all at Will's house, so that's the couch that we'll be hearing about throughout the show. Okay. And the characters are uh, splitting uh, between being kind of narrative and being commentary, in this scene. So it's like one saying a narrative. One is, is commenting on the narrative, which leads into the song, Jesus of suburbia. Suburbia, And in the song, Jesus of suburbia, we learn that, um, The three more or less come from broken homes, and they feel dissatisfied with the world. And so as they are partying on the couch, they go out and do a beer run at 7-Eleven. Oh, my God. Did this still exist? Which is indicated to the audience that they're at 7-Eleven because all the television screens have 7-Eleven on it. Wow.
0: And, uh... (laughs) I wonder if that was like Tony, a, like a, like a, uh, not marketing, sponsorship? a sponsorship. Yeah.
1: I mean, cause I think Heather's also has Seven Eleven. I think Broadway and Seven Eleven are like in cahoots.
0: That's so strange. Cause like New York oh. and Broadway, they have like the Zay bars. Why not go to Zay bars? I don't know. Cause no one okay. knows what
1: Zay bars is. Not in the rest I of the world. Heard, apparently I know what that was. Uh, uh, so, Tony exposes the do nothing, go nowhere quickstand of their lives in the song City of the Damned. And those all come back to back to back. There's really no breath between them. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> what I think is funny remember how I said there's a shopping cart? Yeah. They get in the shopping cart when they're at 7 Eleven. Are there shopping
0: carts at 7 Eleven? Yeah, I don't Have know. Have you ever seen a shopping cart at 7-Eleven? I don't think I've ever been in a 7-Eleven. Sh- I'll be honest. That's a gas station, right? It's like a convenience store. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in one.
1: Okay. Well, I've never seen a shopping cart at 7-Eleven. But maybe now if I go, I'll find one. <laughs> Just, I was like, where are they getting this shopping cart? Um, things that I get hung up on. Yeah. Not what the id is. Um, So, realizing that they are going nowhere, you're going nowhere, Um, Johnny (laughs) challenges his friends to start caring about their lives. Johnny, the main guy, the big, the big, what's, what are you, what is it when you're the big guy, it starts with a C? Kahuna. Kahoot? Kahoot? The big Kahoot. I said Kahoots, and then I forgot what the word was. Um, So, they said, we should start caring about our lives and everyone around us and everything around us in the song I don't care.
0: Wait a minute. We're supposed to care, but we don't. But I don't care. I don't get it. I don't know. Um,
1: so <laughs> and I did say at this point, like, I love that there's this shopping cart in 7-Eleven. But they end up so they end up in the shopping cart. And at the very end of the sequence of songs, they end it with saying, let's start a war.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then they move on. (laughs) So quick shift. Will's girlfriend is in the middle of the stage, and the lights are on her. And I will say the lighting is very good. Like, throughout that whole transition, like, we knew kind of where they were based off the lighting and the shifts in it and the ensemble work. The ensemble was also very good in this. I'll give them that. Um, They worked with what they got. Okay. So, quick shift. So, Will's girlfriend, she has a pregnancy test in her hand, and she finds out that she is pregnant with Will's child, and she expresses her conflicting feelings about it in the song Dearly Beloved. Oh. Dearly, that's what you said the other day when you are marrying your friends. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here for coffee. I mean, uh,
0: yes. <laughs> along those lines. Something along Dearly those lines. Dear
1: slowpokes. Dear slowpokes. Uh, So this was actually the point where I found out I realized there's trash everywhere on the stage. And um, the stage is being trashed, and it's accompanied by men who are just walking around with their hands behind their backs. Trash. And I feel like that might have been some sort of symbolism, being like, I'm pregnant, and the men are like, hmm. They're like locked in. Because remember, this is written by men. Right. We talked about that? Yeah, we did. So I think that that was the clever choreography being like, well, now the guy has to stay. Oh, my God. Which we'll get to. So the boys, Johnny, Tony, and Will all show back up, and they do a lovely choreographed dance of headbanging uh, center stage. And Johnny reveals he's borrowed money and buys a bus ticket to the city for the three men. And so they're eager to escape suburbia. And before the boys are able to leave with their guitar cases... Heather tells Will that she's pregnant. Oh. So they're literally at the at like the bus stop, the Greyhound station, and they all just the only thing they have are their guitar cases. And the ensemble's there, and Heather's like, wait. So, with no other choice, uh, Johnny or Will ends up telling his friends that he must stay at home in the song Tales of Another Broken Home. When did I know.
0: Broken. You're leaving. You're leaving. You're leaving.
1: You're leaving so it honestly, this part kind of looked like the rumble in West Side Story. <laughs> oh, da, 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 da. uh, so oh, Will no, and Heather against all the jaded youths. Okay. Um, so now, uh, Johnny and Tunny are like, well, sucks to suck. And then they go off to the city. Sucks to suck. And soak. so they go up onto the scaffolding and Johnny, and, <laughs> Johnny and Tunny are up on the scaffolding and on the screens, it says the gray hat has like a Greyhound station photo and they depart uh, for the city with the group of other jaded youths in the song Holiday I hear the dogs howling
0: out
1: Yeah, no, okay, so straight up, Johnny is like, I stole money from my mom. Well, she gave it to me. That fucking bitch. What the fuck? <laughs> so he was trying to be like, I'm so punk, I'm so cool, I stole money. <laughs> uh, also, like, he's ri- like, he writes his letters to his parents about, about stuff that I'm like, the fact that the parents never show up in the show is very interesting, but maybe that's because it's Tales of a Broken Home. So... um, What's really cool though about the set, so uh, Johnny is on the top of the scaffolding, and at one point he kind of like leans back. I was like, "Why is he posing like that? Such a weird way to st- like that's a weird stature." Yeah. And he's holding the back of this the, the scaffolding while his legs are on the other side, and then very suddenly the scaffolding is like brought to the ground. Oh. Horizontal. So then he's at the top, like he's in the front. Oh. And I was like, "Oh, cool! Good job. This was this was this was clever." Well done. Um, so I was like, "Why are the why is the scaffolding like turning into monkey bars? That's so weird." I realized it was turning into a bus. <laughs> okay, that makes so sense. It was very kind of like remember in Spider Man how they uh, like that forced perspective. Yeah, that they did where anything, everything anything, was yeah. like yeah. So they did forced perspective this with this. So they had the lights kind of make it look like tunnels, and it looked like you were at the head of the bus.
0: Okay, it was cool. Okay.
1: Very cool. And one of the ensemble members actually kind of – it's a skinny guy. He shows up, and he kind of narrates everybody's thoughts at the top of the bus. Now, to be totally honest, at first I thought this guy was, like, a foreshadowing St. Jimmy, but it's not. This, th- But this ensemble member specifically does show up later. Um, so I think he kind of is, like, the featured main ensemble dude.
0: Okay.
1: So uh, they make it to wherever they're going, I it's't un, unclear if they were going to LA or if they were going to New York. Hmm. Uh, I feel like it was supposed to be New York, but it has LA vibes. I think it was just supposed to be
0: kind of like it's
1: eh. like
0: Californians writing about what it's like to be going to New York.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think it was I think there's. It it's supposed to be kind of the mixture of the two. It's not supposed to be a real place. Mm -hmm. So um, as a letter to Will, Johnny begins to narrate his dreams and expectations of the city and how they have fallen short so far. And so he's walking around the city to establish more of a bond with it. Maybe if I spend time with the city. With his guitar, playing on the street as he's walking, in the song boulevard of broken dreams
0: i walk this empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the
1: city sleeps and i'm the only one and i walk alone
0: yeah you're How definitely clever. definitely not gonna get called out for being a weirdo doing that right make friends influence it's people just, <laughs> with your guitar
1: uh, so yeah, so he's wandering the streets alone with his guitar, sweaty, angsty teen—I mean, jaded youth—and um, he sees a woman in her apartment window, and he looks up and he holds the guitar up to her like it's a sta- like a like a stereo, as he's singing the song, and she's like begins to—it's ca- like a legit window that's up in the stage. is mm-hmm. it's very Romeo and Juliet like. Um, and so she, they actually wrap up the song with her harmonizing to Johnny.
0: Oh, that's cute. Uh, but
1: she, he was too kind of like shy to go and say anything to her. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. That's adorable. Meanwhile, it transitions to Tunny, who, uh, as expressed by uh, Johnny earlier, mm-hmm. Tunny does nothing but lay in bed. So it transitions to Tunny laying in bed. Uh, And he kind of brings back in the theme, City of the Damned. And he's changing all the televisions. So all the sets are like changing channels over and over and over again. Until he uh, is seduced by an advertisement featuring America's favorite son, which is an attractive and muscular all-American sex symbol, who then literally emerges from the television with his sparkly ladies in the song... Favorite son. No, where's your fucking okay. champion? Oh, he's not the only man. Okay. The two,
0: but you, you pay. It's your favorite son. It's your favorite son. It's your favorite son. Okay.
1: So, this guy is like a ripped as all hell, dude. Who walks out in his undies? Cute. Like his little white undies. And the Sparkly Ladies are very, it's very like um, Captain America. Uh huh. You know, when he's like on war uh, or at war and there's like, the, they're doing their little pageant. Um, but then it's revealed that this, like, he, so Tony is convinced that he needs to become a favorite son. That's what everyone wants him to be. And so the favorite son is revealed to be an American soldier. Uh, so, as I said, hot guy in his undies suddenly is in his uniform, and so believing that joining the military will give Tunney the purpose he believed Johnny and uh, and the city would give him, Tunney enlists in the army. In the song, Are We the Waiting?, So this is a Park and Bark song. To be totally honest, okay. Where Tunny shows up in his undies. Yeah, Tunny's in his undies a lot in this show. Okay. Like a lot, and um, the ensemble comes out from behind, also in their undies. I'm not mad at it. I this, guess? No, I was. It was not bad. Uh, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like like those like guy, like they are wearing. They're they're stripped down because they're enlisting. Okay. They're all enlisting, and that's what it is. So that song ends, and we're back in the city with Frustrated Johnny, who uh, manifests a rebellious, drug-dealing alter ego called Saint Jimmy, who is tweaky and greasy as fuck. Now, Saint Jimmy is obviously an other character, um, but it wasn't until just now that I realized it's his id. Um, So he's, yeah, a tweaky, greasy dude. Oh, I mean a uh, carefree punk that Johnny has always wanted to be. Oh, you were
0: right the first time. Now
1: he gets to be a punk.
0: Tweaky, greasy dude. Got it.
1: Johnny takes to, uh, he takes party drugs for the first time uh, during the song St. Jimmy. St. Jimmy's coming down across the alleyway. Boulevard, like a I have a silhouette. A so, uh, this song is, this is where I think I got confused about the whole id situation. I don't think that was very well established, but now that I know that I'm like, hmm, I kind of get it now. Maybe I am too dumb for this musical. Um, because St. Jimmy is kind of walking around and the whole ensemble is tweaking on stage. So they're all kind of down and like headbanging and Jimmy's just walking. Okay. And meanwhile, what's her name? The girl from the window. She's in her window. And, uh, with Johnny's new found courage, I guess that makes sense now. Johnny and Jimmy. Oh my God. Uh,
0: Why am I an idiot? You're not an idiot.
1: I literally watched this. I'm reading
0: my own notes. (laughs) You're like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. Um,
1: So I literally wrote this. Um, So he found his new courage. He found courage via St. Jimmy. uh, And the drugs allowed Johnny to make a move on the girl in the window. So he literally climbs up the scaffolding and kisses her while she's in the window. And I realized at this point in the show that Will has never actually left the stage. Will is hanging out downstage right on a couch. The one who got left behind because of his uh, pregnant girlfriend. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: So he's sitting on a couch for this whole bit. And so Johnny, in wherever he is, writes his mom a letter that he has done drugs. And St. Jimmy and Johnny transition the scene with Johnny not being able to do anything without Jimmy. Interesting. Uh, so two weeks later, uh, Johnny admits that he has actually injected heroin for the first time and spends the night with the girl who he saw at the window that he calls, what's her name? Back in Town, we have Will. Will sits on a couch and Heather is super mega pregnant, oh. like so fast. And he's drinking beer and begs for some sort of release in the song, Give Me Novocaine. Give me a long kiss goodnight And everything will be alright Tell me that I won't feel the pain So give me Novocaine So it, this is kind of a cool sequence because Johnny has kind of already talked about his release. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of falling into the drug releases of the other two friends. Um, so Will has been sitting on the couch. And it's funny because Heather comes out, drinks his beer while she's pregnant, and leaves. And she does it like this little, like, looks to the audience and goes, <laughs> and then drinks it. Um, but while he's sitting on the couch, a war scene breaks out behind him with the ensemble. And Will actually mirrors their choreography. On the couch. So they're both at war in their brain. Um and Tunny is in this war zone and he's shot and wounded, so he's also asking for relief. Thus the song Give Me novocaine mm. There is a quick transition to Johnny in bed, and he's in bed with what's her name? And he is very smitten with her. And um this whole scene kind of starts, it's 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 with them, like, being super playful. Is this the scene Um, I'm remembering? Sorry. Maybe. There's a lot of scenes in bed. This is the sex scene? This is one of the sex scenes. Cool. Okay. In the song, so they're being playful. In the song, last of the American girls slash she's a rebel. She is one of a kind. Well, she's the last of the American girls. She's a rebel is the overcoat for the coming of the nuclear
0: winter she's the salt of the earth and she's dangerous. she is riding a bike like a fugitive of critical mass she's a rebel she's a she's a rebel she's a bad little bitch she's a devil uh, i think this is
1: probably your this is probably your main sex scene
0: i remember this like, and this is the only thing i remember from when i saw american idiot because i'm like
1: Oh. I love that you remember this, and what I remember is a horseshoe haircut. So uh, they're being super playful, and then they end up going to the club together to celebrate. But St. Jimmy has other plans for them. Uh, so St. Jimmy hands Johnny heroin. Oh. And Johnny pressures what's her name into injecting him with it. God damn it. And so then to, so, and she does, which is, this is, that's, this, I think, the kind of the sex scene uh and so jimmy sets the mood and what's her name expresses her trust in johnny and heather actually pledges her love to her newborn baby because now the baby's born in the song last night on earth
0: i'm here to honor you
1: if i lose everything in the fire i'm sending
0: This is a lot. This uh, is like different different youths trying to deal with being an adult in a world where it's written, hard. Mm-hmm. Like written
1: out, I would get it. I think it's too. It was like a lot to take in while watching.
0: Yeah, that's how I, I, mean, I felt what's about Run. Had
1: a lot to take in.
0: Oh shit. Oh, that's a
1: penis <laughs> joke. That was <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious, Johnny. Hilarious uh, is. Is I'm okay. Uh, Johnny is beginning to look like Jimmy now. Like, so the Jimmy character, as we said before, is a separate character. He has like that sleek kind of uh, mohawk that's low. It's the typical emo. Think of a 90s emo. I know exactly what
0: you mean. I went to school Um, with those people.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so Johnny is kind of showing Jimmy esque clothing. like, he's wearing that. Um, And this song ends with. Heather, or not Heather, with Johnny and what's-her-name on a, like, sex platform with a focus light. Fun. It's just, like, it's actually kind of cute. They're, like, holding hands, and they're going up into the air, and I'm like, oh, why is it heroin? (laughs) Uh, uh." Meanwhile, on the couch will is increasingly neglectful as heather devotes herself into caring for this baby because it was really fucking annoying when he was complaining the first time in novocaine that like he was like i'm sad and heather's like big as fuck with her little baby and starts to comfort him and i was like bitch get off like you fucking get out you're yeah your girlfriend's pregnant right and so now he's all upset because he's not the baby anymore. Oh Whey. my god. Wine with me. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that was the intention, but that's how I read it. Because remember, this is written by men. <laughs> um, so Heather has had enough of Will's this is this is um this is Wikipedia. Pot and alcohol-fueled apathy. And it's all has hyphens between it. And so um, he so she's like leaving and it gets kind of violent, honestly. Like he keeps picking her up. And uh turns out the same guy from the v- bus the guy I was talking about who narrates he shows up on the couch singing about it with a woman who ends up walking out with Heather who her belt was underutilized in the song too much too soon
0: too, blue, too much.
1: Okay, to be fair, though, I will say, like, having kid, I, I can imagine if you're not ready for that, then you weren't ready for that. But try to be honest with that earlier and then don't complain later. Boom. Can I say that? Yeah. I did. You did. I've never been in this situation. I mean, you listen to us for our opinions, right? I guess. <laughs> but I had no opinions. Um, yikes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no this this girl though this woman who is from the ensemble underutilized. Oh, she was so good, and but she, didn't that was, get she used? shows up kind of featured later, but not like in vocals. She just like she's kind of established herself as a featured ensemble member now. Okay, okay. Around the same time, we uh, turn to Tunny. Who is laying in a bed in a hospital uh, in an army hospital surrounded by fellow injured soldiers And then one of them literally walks up, not she's not injured, but one of the soldiers comes up and literally kisses him while he's on the gurney. And Tony falls in, uh, falls victim to a hopelessness that he has seen during that he has seen during wartime so he gets sad in the song before the lobotomy <laughs> Little boat to me, little to me. Uh, so Tunny ends up hallucinating while he's on these medications for his uh, injury, and he imagines he and his nurse engaging in a dance, and a balletic dance, and an aerial balletic dance in the song "Extraordinary Girl." Now that they- That so sick of
0: crying She's was a lot of words
1: <laughs> um, I will say it's, I mean, so I couldn't remember what, cause I knew there was Ariel in this number. This is actually a harness Ariel though. And it's done in a harness. It's actually really fucking cool. Like she kind of, she comes out and she's in her uniform or she earlier, the girl who kissed him, that was the nurse. And then he starts to go into his like stupor and she shows up looking kind of like the ghost of Christmas past. On a harness, and then, the, uh, and then the cloaks are ripped away, and she looks like a genie. Oh, that's cool. And so as she's kind of dressed as a genie, suddenly he has his harness, and he's lifted from the gurney. And they're doing this, like, sex dance up in the air. Now, there is aerial dance outside harness, though, in this. I forgot to mention earlier that one of the things that was happening in the beginning scene in All the Chaos is there was one person up in the middle of the ceiling on a trapeze upside down head banging. Oh. And I, I'm assuming it was this girl, like, for some sort of parallel, which is why I said that truck was up there upside down for a reason, and I think to make to balance out, like, when you look up at the set.
0: Okay. Anyways. Um, That's wild. <laughs> so he falls
1: quickly in love with her, and his hallucinations disappear, and he's left with his fellow soldiers in agony in the song Before the Lobotomy Reprise. <laughs> oh, Tunny, then, is uh, his bed is pushed away, his gurney is pushed away because he was center stage for all that. He's pushed to stage left, and kind of the final note of it all for Johnny to be pushed onto the stage in a bed to begin the next scene. And so we're back in the city and Johnny refuses uh, some dope from Jimmy and instead chooses to reveal the depths of his love for What's-Her-Name while she sleeps in the song, When It's Time. But then I need your voice as a key to unlock all the love that's trapped in me. So tell me when So the scene itself actually is quite beautiful. So like literally there's this like, ah, and everyone gets pushed. And then Johnny's in the middle with what's her name sleeping. And then all you hear is rain, like on a window for quite some time. Like, and he's like, are you awake? Oh, I wrote a song for you. And he pulls out his guitar and sings when it's time, which is just another kind of Parkenberg. Okay. So then, uh, at, like, out of nowhere, this was actually quite frightening. St. Jimmy comes out of nowhere with the song, Know Your Enemy. Do you know the enemy? Do you know your enemy? We'll the enemy, Do you know the enemy? This was like, uh, like, Foghorn and, and uh, Sweeney Todd kind of alarm okay. came out of nowhere. Uh, so St. Jimmy, because remember, he refused dope, so... Johnny is, like, coming back into himself. So Johnny's relationship with What's-Her-Name is threatened because of St. Jimmy. And so Jimmy forces Johnny to become increasingly erratic, like having, like, a panic attack and freaking out. Okay. And amidst the hallucinations and the paranoia and the delusions, Johnny threatens What's-Her-Name and then himself with a knife. So, like, now he's being erratic and, like, violent.
0: I don't love that. So
1: in the midst of this, Will is still on the couch, stage right. And he and and Will injects himself while in a stupor on the couch. And the focus is on the both of them. So Will and Johnny are both having issues with drugs at this point. And the ensemble is behind them, kind of acting like gremlin-like creatures like, with some weird dance, like, with their, like, they're swooshing their arms, and they kind of look like the, the creatures from uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Anyways, uh, so by the end of the song, uh, Johnny is PTFO. He's passed the fuck out on the bed, and What's-Her-Name tries to convince Johnny to get help. Meanwhile, the extraordinary girl, the one who kissed uh, Tony during the last song, uh tends to Tunny's physical and emotional wounds because it's revealed at this point that Tunny is an amputee. What? It looks like they used like they, they he had a leg, like his leg was gone like from he, the knee. He came back from war. He came from like back from war. Or he's I think he's still in the hospital, but he doesn't have a leg. Okay. Um he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Oh. Oh, no, I like... It was kind of cool how they did this. So I'm trying to figure out... I still am trying to figure out how exactly they did this, but remember he's on the gurney. Yeah. I have a feeling it's like his leg is bent into the gurney and then they bandage at the knee. Ah. I feel like that's the most logical way of doing it, but there might have been something else that I couldn't see. Okay. Because it's like, it's the downstage leg. Like, audience can see it. Um, so... Uh. And then Heather is on stage with her baby, and uh, they are very, very far away from Will, who's sitting alone on the couch. And all these, all three couples are on stage in the song 21 Guns.
0: That's one of my favorite songs. One, 21 guns. I just wrote 21 funds. 21 Honestly,
1: funds. Honestly, this arrangement was really lovely by the three women at the beginning. And then it was taken over by the men. Oh. Which was also very lovely. Um, so <laughs> the their kind of situations are all um, portrayed on stage. So we still have Will on the couch, stage right. We have uh, Johnny middle on the bed, and then we have the gurney stage left, mm-hmm. um, and the ensemble is dancing behind them. I will. I'm like, I l- I really like they that they kind of keep the focus on the three friends. That's why I'm like ugh, main protagonist. But I guess it makes sense because he brings down a whole other character. Um, but I was thinking about it. I was like, Will's blocking is really simple. He just kind of sits on the couch in different ways.
0: <laughs> I want to be
1: Will. I be mean, Will. I mean, you're on stage the whole time. I mean, just like Jessica Chastain, she did been on Broadway where she sat on stage for 20 minutes before the show. Boom. Anyways, the song is buttoned by Heather Walking by Will Looking Fabulous. St. Jimmy makes Johnny leave a note for What's Her Name saying that... Johnny has chosen drugs slash St. Jimmy over her. And so, angry Shocker. and done with this whole situation, what's her name tells Johnny that he is not the Jesus of suburbia and reveals that St. Jimmy is nothing more than a figment of his father's rage and his mother's love in the song Letter Bomb. <laughs> Uh, one of the um, lines that Johnny left in the letter was like, I'm not stoned, I'm just fucked up. Johnny has some very interesting lines that he writes in his little letters. Um, but this is a female-based song, so all the women uh, in the ensemble are singing this with her, and they're doing a very cool kind of ripple effect choreography. Ooh. And so she leaves him and his unwillingness to acknowledge that he has issues. I mean, he's talking to a figment of his imagination. See, it's a wonder how I did not figure out that St. Jimmy isn't real, but I think I was just tired of the musical. Oh. It's a lot of angst to take on. Um, so Johnny wakes up and he has a party hat on and he's looking again a lot like Jimmy. Oh, I wanted to say, one, uh, he was singing to What's-Her-Name Before the Drugs. Um, when he Like for the raindrop scene, he looked like Johnny again. Like he had his like original shirt on and kind of like the flannel. So now we're looking like Jimmy where he's wearing the black tank top and like, f- like a big like punky jacket and eyeliner that's going down his face and a party hat. And so he's writing yet another letter home, and that's what his way of narrating. And he's hurt by what's-her-name's departure. And so Johnny grabs his guitar, takes off his party hat, and sings about the songs, or sings about the songs, sings about longing for better days ahead in the song, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September I know that song. I know. Right? Yeah. Um. Actually, during the song, Tunny um, shows up again, the war one, and he is singing about he, how he's longing to be home, and then Will longs for all the things that he's lost. And so all three boys are actually playing their gu- guitars angstily. That's the word that I'm going to use today. <laughs> Anx-
0: angstily. Quirky. It is
1: cute, though. Like They all have their little like electric acoustic guitars and... I will say the um, the video I watched is very well produced. Aww. I don't know where it came from. No,
0: the internet.
1: Uh, the internet. Thanks. I don't know who did it. I don't know if it was actually like uh the like actually produced and person put on something. Maybe it was for the documentary. Honestly, we're gonna go um, with that.
0: That sounds sure. more legal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. More legal.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So St. Jimmy appears and makes one last attempt to get Johnny's attention. Uh, But Johnny has made the conscious decision to end his self-destruction, resulting in a quote-unquote metaphorical suicide of St. Jimmy. That's Wikipedia. In the song, The Death of St. Jimmy. So boop boop. Saint Jimmy is straight up like showing up in all the television screens as his way in. On the outside, always looking in. That's kind of what it was like. And um, uh, he again like stands above everyone on this like scaffolding as if it's his dominion. And you do see Johnny at the bottom of the stairs. Um, and so he's trying. He's just trying to like get rid of him and get get away from him. That's I th- honestly I think I just lost. I think I'm I just completely lost the whole metaphorical aspect of St. Jimmy throughout the show until just now. I'm like, now it makes sense. Johnny cleans up and he actually gets a desk job, but he realizes that's no place for him or there or in the city in the song East 12th street. And this is your typical, like he's in a suit and with a tie and his button up and the, everyone in the office is like holding up in the air. And he's like, this is stupid. Oh, I actually I'm going to be totally honest. I skipped through this song. What? I knew there wasn't going to be anything that was for like, I was like, this is going to be everything else that's been in this musical. Um, but we transition to Will's couch that has now been moved to the center as both Johnny and Will are freaking out in the end of this song. So Will is all alone with his television, much like Tunny was earlier, and he bemoans his outcast state. In the song, Nobody Likes You. Nobody likes you. You don't have
0: to say it out loud, Emily. <laughs> my brain does that all by itself very well. Does Thank it, you. Does it
1: also do this where Will imagines Heather uh, appearing with her new show-off rock star boyfriend and they are uh, having sex on the couch in front of you? Yeah, basically. Yeah, all it the happens time. all the time. All yeah. the time.
0: <laughs> so this guy is much
1: cooler than Will. Mm. Mm. Uh, and he sings about it in the song Rock and Roll Girlfriend. Um And they're literally having, like, kinky sex time on the couch. Uh And you know it's a figment of of their imagination because every time, like, the boyfriend shows up, like, it's him. But then somebody else is playing the guitar behind him, and it's Heather. Um, And so while they are on the couch, he sits up. And so in retaliation, he actually gets his ass off the couch, and he pushes the couch off the stage. So Will finally got up off his ass. Where's it go? It goes in the wings.
0: <laughs> Sorry, there's some. There's like a something outside my window. It's your neighbor. Nah, he's been okay. Can we keep going? Okay. Yeah, keep going.
1: Uh, okay. So he's so Will has decided he's sit, sit sick of sitting on the couch. So he heads to 7-Eleven. because we haven't been there since the beginning of the show. So you know what that means. More carts. We're almost done. We're almost done. <gasps> oh, uh, so he heads to Seven Eleven, where he sees none other than Johnny. What another American Johnny. idiot? Well, Johnny, who left his desk job, and uh, he is near bringing a letter. So Will finds him there, and Johnny admits that he sold his guitar for a bus ticket home. Wait a minute. And then wait a minute. Huh.
0: That's part of the rent. That's part of rent. That's Rent. Is it? Yeah. That's Rent. He sells his guitar to go to Santa Fe to, for a bus ticket that. to Santa Fe.
1: No, but rent, rent is in 1999.
0: I understand. This is in
1: 2009. They fucking Actually, in the early 2000s. stole
0: some shit.
1: Maybe just it was a common thing to get bus tickets for people to sell their guitars, Chelsea.
0: I guess so. Jesus. <laughs> Are we all selling we our can't guitars? can't Adam Pascal. I guess not. Um, Thank God.
1: <laughs> so Johnny and Will are at 7-Eleven, but there must be a third. So who should show up but Tunny? Tunny. Tunny, who uh is he has returned from his deployment and he has Extraordinary Girl with her. With him. What? And so Yeah. What? He has his girlfriend. So I Johnny mean. actually becomes really fucking frustrated with Tunny for leaving him in the city.
0: Okay. But
1: Quickly forgives him because that whole thing, like, lasted, I think, maybe 15 seconds. And the three friends embrace. And Tunny introduces his friends to Extraordinary Girl. And Heather and her rock star boyfriend arrive in style. And in an uneasy truce, she allows Will to hold the baby. And then other friends show up who greet the three men who haven't seen each other in a year because they've been gone for a year. And this is all happening in the song, We're Coming Home Again. We're coming home.
0: <laughs> that was a lot to happen in one song, where everybody days. forgives everything and after a year, great. they've only gone for a year. Um, I don't know about you, but I hold on to shit, so whatever, it's fine.
1: <laughs> so anyway, one year later, Johnny laments that he lost the love of his life, but he accepts that he can live with the struggle between rage and love that has defined his life. And with this acceptance comes the possibility of hope in the song, What's Her Name? Seems as she disappeared with a
0: trace. Did she ever marry? Oh, what's his face? I made a point to burn on.
1: But I can't recall the name Now
0: I wonder how once her name has been
1: She has a whole second song about her Wow We still don't know um, her name We don't And this is a Park and Bark song At the end of the show We're at the end of the show And they decide to have a Park and Bark song We're so no. close And then he just stands in the middle of the theater And sings because he hadn't done that yet in the show.
0: That's gross. I hate it.
1: <sighs> and so that's pretty much how we end the show. And then the cast comes out and takes their bows and the curtain rises and they reveal uh, the entire cast with guitars and they perform the song Good Riddance Slash Time of Your Life.
0: Words get trapped in my mind. Sorry I don't take the time to feel the way I do. Cause the first day you came in. Is that what I sent to you? Yikes. I don't know.
1: Maybe. Hopefully. I haven't opened it yet.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Um, it's actually funny because... Um,
0: uh, oh, yeah. I did. They, I did.
1: Because you also... like They do a lot of like blending of songs, too, to, in the transitions that yeah. they didn't really cover because they had to DJ it in some way. Um, but at each performance, and this is your 2009... Each performance of this song was recorded and given to the audience as a free digital download.
0: Cute. <laughs> cute digital
1: download uh, but this song really kind of like got me because they were all at one point they're all singing and then only Johnny is headbanging in the middle and then when he stops everybody else does it and then he starts doing it again and I was Aww. like I don't think it was forgotten choreography I think he was just feeling it and then everybody else started to feel it and then that was choreographed got it and that is American Idiot
0: we're done oh my Um, can 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 i give a cork award yeah go for it cork award away Um, i want to give a cork award so this
1: is a it's a good sparkling cork award um i want to give a cork award to
0: tunny i i appreciate that that. yes
1: i think that he was like i think he did a good job of like he was kind of the forgotten friend um in the story like if it was like he was the buttercup of them all.
0: And it's also the fucking war vet.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he did it like, it was like, it was very well played. I felt like I, like, Will was high the whole time. Like, there was, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel sorry for Will. Yeah. For a lot of it. And I don't think I was meant to feel sorry for anybody. There was parts where you could tell Johnny was trying. So he also did a good job, uh, John Gallagher Jr. But like, this guy who played Tunny. He, I was like, I, mm, I like you. This is, that's the one that got, uh that was replaced. So that was Matt Kaplan and then got replaced by Stark Sands.
0: Mm-hmm. It was good. Good uh, replacement. It's a good, it's a good choice. Good choice. It was a good choice. Nice. Uh, and so yeah, that's. It's, it's interesting. Like, this show, it's, it's all, it's so, uh, I, it, I get it. I understand it. It sucks as a musical. (laughs) It fucking sucks as a musical. But this is the music I grew up with and these are the people I grew up with and this is the the circumstances I grew up with in post 9-11. Like how you deal with the world crumbling around you happens in different ways and one person went and joined the army or whatever and one person turned to drugs and one person you know got somebody pregnant and stayed behind and whatever. It's like all of these fucking burnouts from the '90s that are like, I don't know how to adult. <laughs> I'm like, I see you, I hear you, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Also, getting yeah, there. I'm getting, I'm getting there. I understand you. I get it. I understand this show, and that's why I hate it, because I'm like, this is too real. I think <laughs> too
1: real, too real. I think, I think I like the concept album. I think I like that there's, I like the concept. I don't think, I think that my memory of the show really jaded it for me because I was too young to really understand it. And yeah. so I'm kind of thinking like, oh, the people who probably probably really love this show had the understanding from the beginning. Yeah. And was like, oh, it's so philosophical. And I'm over here like, fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> it's not that it's <laughs> philosophical or fucking stupid. It's just like...
1: And I think it's like it's been. i it's been
0: done. Are you gonna say it's, it's been, been done? done?
1: Well, and I also think I think I said that uh, some Gen Zer is going to pick up this album or pick up
0: this musical and then be like, this "Oh my is god, the best history!" I've my entire life.
1: Oh my god, look at the history! Look
0: at the, It's like <laughs> Hamilton. If you're a Gen um, Zer and you're listening to this, we're not making fun of you, but also you make fun of millennials. So turnabouts very game.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, who is it, Eliza? I watched, I think, three times in a row this like rant that I cannot think of her last name, but her, it's a comedian named Eliza I, with an I. I just watched it. You this know what am talking about? TikTok, she's like, yes, you know yes, the same one. Where oh, she's like, yes. she's like Who's she's a, a We're Gen the Zier? ones who you hear, taught
0: you how to smoke pot out of an apple. We're the cool ants. Yeah, so <laughs> that one. <laughs>
1: it's because she was like, uh, "Who's the Gen Zers?" And you hear like, "Woo!" And she goes like, "Oh, all no, two of you." So tough. Finn in the comment yeah. section i just
0: <laughs> watched that this morning Not and so laughed <laughs> i laughed my ass off it's true it's true our
1: algorithms are matched
0: they are well and i send you stuff but have, you never send me things on tiktok yeah i send you shit all the time i don't get on tiktok then what the fuck Because I have it on Instagram. So once you get on Instagram. I want
1: to go back to Instagram. I want to post a picture of my
0: coffee and go (laughs) TBT. I just want Instagram to be Instagram. Anyway. (laughs) No, I I get it. I just, I think it's. I, oh God, when people look at the nineties and go, oh my God, history, and then want to like repeat the styles that I grew up with. I know how my mother feels now and it's not a good feeling. And it's make- funny is the nineties is just a regurgitation of like the seventies. No, I understand <laughs> that. It's a very different regurgitation of the seventies, but yeah, no, it's, it is a thousand percent of regurgitation. Um, I'm here for when the sixties come back around and mod styles in again, because that shit's cute.
1: Oh baby. Mod styles always in.
0: Uh, it's not though. It I is. have a it's dress. color
1: blocking right now. That's really killing me.
0: I know. Oh. But, uh, color blocking
1: you know. is not flattering on anybody.
0: I agree. Um, I, anyway, when Neither it comes, middle parts. when it comes to green day, green day to me and to a lot of the burnouts that I hung out with was like, oh, hi, Stinky. Hey, buddy. What want to hi, Emily? hi, Hi, Stinker
1: Muffin. Hi, you're, uh, your twin is somewhere. I don't somewhere know around here.
0: At... Um. So yeah. when it comes to Green Day, that was like the first music that I listened to that I was like, oh, my God, this is my angsty teen self. Oh, Oh, they're talking about masturbation and stuff. That's fun. So it was like the first time I'd ever really like – Heard that kind of music, and I was dating a guy who was like a total like pothead and stuff, and that's why I started listening to Green Day, and then I went to the concert and I was like, oh, these guys are really, really fucking good, and then I started listening to the words, and I'm like, oh, they're saying something too. That's fun, um, and it became a phenomenon of the entire generation of these like burnouts and people that are like, yeah, I'm totally against. Um, I, I'm, I'm like anti-political and like uh what's the word um oh my god i'm like totally not for government i can't i can't focus on you because stinky's tail looks like the kraken is about to like attack your ship (laughs) i know it does (laughs) anyway so american idiot if we listen and break i love listening to music and breaking down the poetry the poetry in it Uh, I'm gonna okay so I'm gonna actually let's do it Let's look it up. Let's look at the lyrics of American Idiot real quick
1: Boom. no no I want to wrap up this episode we're a minute we're an, a minute we're an hour and 16 minutes in oh that's right we're almost as long as the actual musical uh,
0: almost <laughs> an entire like anyway it was it the song was. Uh, don't want a nation under the new media. And can you hear the sound of hysteria? The subliminal mind fuck America. So anyway, they're talking about how like they're, they're, it's a post 9-11 world and how the media runs the world and politics can go fuck themselves. And anyway. Who runs the world? Girls. Girls. So says. Who should uh, run the world? Girls. Beyonce. So says oh. Bay. My anyway. bae say- Anyway, we can talk more about that on the next episode. We'll break that down let Don't let uh, Stinky sink your ship. Stinky boy. He's a good boy. Stinky boy. He's like, Daddy didn't feed me, and I looked at his bowl, and I saw that that's bullshit. You're saying bullshit right now, Stinky. I know Daddy fed you. or maybe I'm hungry. Maybe Daddy didn't feed you. I'm hungry. Look at my face. Look at my emaciated
1: face. I got cat grass for... um, for fig because it said online i should get that for him uh you know what online also tells me that our patrons are fucking awesome exactly you read yeah. my mind fuck yeah you patrons. can join our patrons at patreon.com slash wines and dolls where you will eventually get to see this video of stinky sinking <laughs> stinking <laughs> Chelsea. my st- chelsea's sip it's a ship. He, his tail <laughs> keeps wrapping around the microphone <laughs> uh, it's so cute so you can, you can check that out at patreon.com slash wines uh, where you get the recordings he's, hitting, see, the watch watch he's t- hitting the microphone he's literally hitting the microphone he's like stop mom stop, stop stop it stop pay attention to oh, me oh my god he's so fucking funny meanwhile my dog is standing oh she was standing behind oh she's on her bed behind all my boxes okay I need to clean those out. But if you want to support us in other ways, you can go anywhere you're listening to this podcast and press the subscribe button, specifically Spotify, please, and thank you. And scroll down and press the...
0: the star to
1: the right and leave us a review. You're welcome.
0: That
1: was... My, I, have a, I have a headache now. You're welcome. <laughs> There's was a lot of headbanging that just happened. And uh, you can support us on social media by following us there at Wines and Dolls. We're even on the TikTok where Chelsea is. And you can find all those links at winesanddolls.com. And if you want to contact us, reach out to us on social media or email us at at winesanddolls.gmail.com. Do it.
0: Do it now. And with that, I'm
1: Chelsea. I'm Emily. And this has been... With Wines and... Dolls. Bye. Hey, bye. Hey. Go bye. Bye-bye. Right.